Well, hello, everybody. I didn't say good morning, uh, even though it's morning. I caught myself, and I just want you to know that I caught myself so that you can say, Derek, good job on catching yourself. Yeah. I am fishing for a compliment there. Um, I would love to see you be able to catch yourself. Yeah. That would be incredible. That would be incredible. Like a dog catching his tail. You just see me like running around circles. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Uh, Welcome everyone. Believe it or not, this is our one year anniversary podcast. We have been doing this for one year. uh, Actually just past one year. Hmm. Last Wednesday was actually our exactly one year uh, thing, but um, we forgot to check. And so we're doing it now. So we've been doing it for 53 weeks. Better late than never. Better better late than never. It's the thought that counts. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to Calling from the Wilderness. Uh, As an intro, some of you may have missed our beginning episodes because uh, some of them are found on our church YouTube pages and not necessarily our Calling from the Wilderness YouTube page because Tim and I started this podcast. We were both uh, involved in running a church, different churches, Tim over in England and me over on Vancouver Island. And we were first start out with that we were roommates in Bible school and we kept in touch kind of, uh, I think we're both kind of terrible at reaching out, uh, and talking, but we would, we were touching base, touch base every once in a while. Uh, but then when the pandemic happened, we started, uh, talking more and sharing ideas and we started doing a weekly video meeting, just the two of us. Uh, just to catch up and see how we're doing. And that quickly turned into what we are going to preach on or uh, problems we were facing or good things we were doing in our respective congregations. And out of that um, kind of dialogue back and forth. And I know I wouldn't even start on a sermon until I talked to Tim and just be like, Tim, this is kind of what I was thinking of. What do you think about it? And then he would just bless me with the, the greatest quotes and way to use that scripture um, or anything like that. And then I would go write my sermon. Uh, And so we started doing that. And then we thought during the pandemic, we would start recording these kind of talk, these discussions uh, over Bible verses and what, and our dives into them and our interpretations of them. And we would post that on our different churches' YouTube pages to encourage um, our our congregations. And they can kind of see more about us, because I know I would reference Tim in almost every one of my sermons. Uh, and so they got a chance to see I Tim and his I beautiful face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I ever go to England, they're going to be like, oh, that's Derek? In the Man, flesh. he was wrong a lot. I'm smarter than that guy. and uh so we started doing that and then it's grown from that to opening it up to 
uh, friends and family and even people that um, are beyond that branch just to we we've discovered in our discussions that if we sat on a verse and we thought about it and we kind of had this dialogue back and forth that it really opened up our understanding of the passage. Um, we are both big proponents on the body of Christ, the church, uh, having discussions and, um, the more diverse those discussions can be, the more you can understand because I'm seeing things from a different perspective than Tim is. And Tim's seeing things or reading things from a different perspective than I am. And when we come together and talk about those, we have a fuller understanding of what this uh, scripture is saying. And still our fuller understanding is barely scratching the surface. Um, and so we wanted to invite this kind of dialogue uh, between us and our listeners and those watching um, to have a dialogue with these or talk about different topics that uh, people have brought up and wanted to talk about. And so we could just have a very basic discussion about, hey, you know, this this reminds me of this passage or this reminds me of this that happened I see where this kind of path is going. Um, and then even when I used to do show prep for those two episodes, I did show prep. Um, I, uh, they're good episodes. They're good the episodes. I, I learned more and then I was able to bring that to the discussion. Um, and I, I saw different things that maybe perhaps I didn't see before. Uh, I've talked about it many times on this show, one of my favorite uh, resources is the Bible Project on YouTube. They do a great thing where they break down each individual book of the Bible, talk about themes, the overall message of it, kind of what what it's doing in the book, and also they do great things on topics. I found them super helpful. Um, and I know I mentioned it to my mom, and for a while she was watching it, and she learned a lot. When we went through the Bible at church, uh, we did a book a uh, Sunday. We would watch the Bible project before the the service. So check those out. But anyway, back to that. The discussion. This is what we wanted to do, um, and so it just evolved into this. And now it's been a year. Um, I didn't think it was going to go this long, but I'm glad it has. And I know from some comments, uh, you guys have really enjoyed it. Um, we've had some fantastic guests on, uh, those from our past and those from different walks mm -hmm. and um, different sides of the ocean as well that I have um, really enjoyed. Um, and Tim, you want to add anything? I, th I think you you. Like that, yeah. that is a biography and a half. Like, so if you have any questions after that, you were not paying any attention to what Dan yeah. was saying. So yeah. just rewind, play it <laughs> slow at, at 50%. And uh, yeah. Write down I think, everything I said. Yeah. I, th I think, yeah, just, just to kind of emphasize in my agreement of the fact, like this is about having bigger conversations. And, mm -hmm. and I think, you know, the one thing I've, I've learned in my life um, the more people I've spoken to is, is that 
you know, I, I barely scratched the surface of the things that I know through my own experiences. Mm -hmm. And the world is actually a far bigger and more beautiful and more diverse place than kind of I ever get the opportunity to see. And, and that also lends itself into both under uh, a greater understanding of who God is and also a greater understanding of the good news of Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. And, and that for me continues to be the big challenge of, of like, you know, where's, wh where does the good news of Jesus not go far enough in my life and in my message? Where does the love of God n not encompassing enough? Where, where have I been kind of limiting unintentionally often myself and others from, from the fullness of that, of that message and of that life that I do feel we are called to. And that comes out then through these discussions and through the challenges and, and seeing actually for me, something that's been really helpful is, is as my own mind has kind of been challenged. And as I feel I've grown and as I've heard from other people's experiences to then come back to the Bible and still see and feel and, and, and feed on the life of God and the life of the words has actually been really, really life-giving and grounding for me over this year. So it's, it's been a joy to kind of be on the journey and uh, look forward to, to kind of how that continues. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing you said about perspective, I mean, one of the, also one of the things I've learned is how sometimes my, my lens of how I read the Bible is uh, very narrow, um, but I don't even realize it's there. I I just read it. And I'm like, oh, this is how I grew up believing it. This is how it was taught. This is what it is. And then discussing it with other people is like, oh, wait, no, they they read it a different way. Yeah, yeah. I was that challenging mine and. And does my interpretation have room for mm. different interpretation? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I would say too, like, like just as a really quick example, um, it, you know, is I, I always used to think that was, you know, that that was like when somebody had a big disagreement with you, right? Like, and you're just like, and they're like, no, Jesus did not do that, and you're like, whoa, hold on, back up, back up. But actually, some of it is actually, you know, subtler than that. And and I remember when I was in training for ordination. And we had, there was two colleges training with each other. One was training Anglican priests or people for the Anglican priesthood. And one was training Methodist ministers. And uh, one of the ladies who was training is a Methodist minister. Um, she's originally from Brazil. And in, in this one class, we were sitting and we were talking about some different passages. And we were talking about kind of the different interpretations of, through people's lenses and experiences. And she just said, she's like, actually, she's like something, you know, for her is that she gets really uncomfortable whenever the word Lord is attributed to Jesus. She's like, she's like, it's not that I have an issue with the fact like that it's in the Bible and, and, you know, the, that it's been, you know, passed down, but she's like the use of that word to, to her Lord always meant the, the people who came in from outside of their cultures and community and overtook them by force and power. And then, and they became then submissive and slaves to the overlord, the Lord. And mm -hmm. she's like, that's not the Jesus I know. And she's yeah. like, so when people say this amazing person, Jesus, Lord Jesus, she's like, I can't attribute the term Lord with, with my savior. And I was just like, I was like, wow. I just like, yeah, and, you know, it, it was something as simple, like to me, I look at that and I'm like, oh, that's, you know, it, it's simple. It's not offensive. It's, you know, but it's like, 
there's a profound moment where where that's something different that's a different experience and and that then made me think you know so what language for myself am i using or am i, am I scared to use because i find the language oppressive because mm -hmm. it doesn't bring the same attributes of, of the good loving god in the in jesus christ <laughs> that i might mm -hmm. want to 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 articulate and also to be mindful that when i maybe when i'm saying something to somebody else they might uh, you know there's nothing worse than saying to somebody don't you just understand how much god loves you and then they're like but the language you're using or maybe sometimes yeah. it's the actions we've talked about too you know isn't lining up with that and if, if you're not humble enough to actually be open to to see and understand the contextualization or the incarnation of your words in that space then you know i think we're we're losing that depth and that richness of our faith uh, mm -hmm. so that challenge as you say i think is is really important yeah, yeah. or even like father and family yeah. Yeah, um yeah, yeah. some people have had terrible fathers and terrible families and when you use language like that and only yeah. language like that um and then expect them to understand exactly what you're talking about because you've had a good family and a good father yeah, yeah. um there's 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 a gap yeah, yeah. absolutely um yeah so what we thought we'd do today is uh, I went back and watched our first uh, podcast, our first episode, which was on the lost sheep. Um, and I know my views have changed on it. Uh, I was, the audio was terrible in it. First off, uh, my voice, my mouth and my voice were not in sync at all. Um and so we, you know, it could have just been that ventriloquism stage you were going through. It could have been, but I didn't have my puppet. And so I think that's a dead giveaway. Um, and so my puppet, Paul. And uh, so I thought it'd be an interesting, and Tim did too, that we go back and we look at that uh, scripture, that verse, and talk about it again as our one year. Yeah. Happy anniversary, uh, our one-year celebration. There we go. Yeah, Excellent. and so Tim's going to bring it up. We're going to read. We're going to change up our format a little bit. We're going to read through it once, and then instead of uh, breaking up the things that stick out and questions and concerns, we're going to do that. Combine them because basically, my questions and concerns are basically the same anyway all the time and it just goes straight into the the meat of the video anyway uh so tim would you like to read i'm very happy to very happy to uh so our reading today comes from luke chapter 15 verses 1 to 7. now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him and the pharisees and the scribes grumbled saying this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents 
than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Mm. Tim, is there anything in there that uh, questions, concerns sticks out to you? Um, yeah, I, I, I love that. The I, I just I love I just love I love the parable, um, especially as it comes in with the like the, the parable as a standalone is quite is quite good, but with that preface of the grumbling of the Pharisees and scribes, saying that Jesus is is eating with sinners um and and like you know that their lack of recognition that actually their that their message is meant to be good news that draws more people to god doesn't put more people off god <laughs> mm -hmm. you know i find just fantastic and challenging um yeah how about yourself um i think it kind of hit me right now while, while you're reading through it hmm. um is that Jesus isn't talking to Christians um, or about Christians that he is talking about Israel and the Jewish nation and Jews and being part of the nation or not. And when he's talking about sheep, it's Jews. Um, it's not Christians. And I've always read this and been like, Oh, he's talking about people. Like me, like in the church, he's talking to me. This is about the church. And of course we can take, um, the thoughts of it and apply it today and, you know, the ideas of it and apply it today, but he's not talking to the church in the 21st century. He's talking to the people in this time. Mm. Um, so when, when I look at this, I can't look at it like he's talking. Yeah, so I can't look at it like he's talking to us today. Mm. I have to look at it like he's talking to the people at the time and in their situation. And then what what he's saying there, then I can apply what he's saying to me yeah. today. But I can't make that jump right away. Like there's a few steps I have to do before I say, Oh, it's just like I heard him on the phone yesterday or I watched him on TV saying this. He's talking right to us. Like, yeah, it's quite it's quite different. Right. So when I so when we're saying sheep, he's not talking about the church. Mm. He's saying he's talking about. The, you know, his children, the Jewish nation, the chosen people. Mm. And, the, and yeah, I think you're right. Like, so you've got the layers then of of like where they understood their righteousness to be um, something they didn't need repentance for because it was, it was their lineage, right? Like yeah. it was, it was something inherited that righteousness um, <laughs> and, and not recognizing that actually the, you know, the value of them and, and as sheep mm. was in their humanity yeah. and their belovedness of the shepherd. And like and their, 
yeah, and I was gonna say, and as you say too, is like what's interesting about this parable is compared to some other ones, is like this one is very specifically at the Pharisees and the scribes, without yeah. any, you know, and it's not like a sideline conversation with his disciples, try to give them a good lesson on on good Christian, what then becomes like good practices for good Christian living. As you say, yeah. this is in the context of, you know, the religious Jewish leaders of the day speaking to them about their understanding of their identity in God and their value of their humanity in relation to the value of others' humanity um, in in the love and, and saving grace and protection of God. Yeah. Yeah, like they're, they're sheep. They're already in it. Like their humanity makes them, and, you know, being part of the, the nation, they are... They are already part of it. It doesn't matter what they do or the rituals or the whatever the Pharisees and tax collectors make them want to do. They're already involved in that. They are part of that flock. Hmm. So letting them go uh, by themselves off doesn't negate, even if they leave the flock or not following, if we say the flock is them following the rules hmm. and whatever, um, that they've set up, even if they're not following it and they're on the fringes, it doesn't mean they're not part of it. Yeah. They're still yeah, yeah. in the flock. They're yeah. still sheep. Yeah. As soon yeah, as yeah, they yeah. leave the, 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 the little group, yeah. they don't automatically become goats. Yeah. yeah. Or, right. Or, or like a, a pigeon. <laughs> yeah. Or, 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 or whatever. But, yeah. yeah. But a I, wolf I, that comes yeah, yeah. back and attacks a sheep. They're still yeah, yeah. sheep. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think, I think like, you know, for, for those of you who, um, who have woken up to this similar news that we have, which is, you know, today on the, what is today? The 24th. Yeah. Thursday, the 24th of February, 2022, Russia has invaded the Ukraine. Um, mm -hmm. And regardless, like, I'll be the first to admit, I don't understand a lot of the geopolitical stuff that goes on. I don't understand a lot of the historical um, political things that go on. But I, what I, what I do fundamentally believe in is that there is, as this passage says, there is nothing that we as human beings can do, even in the evil things that we might point to as being evil, that devalues our humanity whether that's of the villain or the victim. Mm -hmm. and, and I think like, as you say, Derek, I hadn't thought about that in the same way, but it's just like the person who leaves or the person who's on the outside, the person who gets left behind, the person yeah. who gets ostracized or forgotten or willingly leaves, that person is still the sheep just as much as those who are le of the 99. Yeah. And, and if we can't fight for that kind of base understanding that our value is non-negotiable, our importance is non-negotiable, the mm -hmm. love of God is non-negotiable for the children of God, which is those who are made in God's image. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we need to be doing better to affirm that image in other people, call people, yes, to higher standards of goodness, of love, of mercy, of, of compassion but not because they're somehow evil and no longer human or, or, you know, but that, that we continue to say that, yes, we're, we're going to seek out the sheep because they're still sheep. Right? Yeah. 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 Like I, I preached a while ago and I was talking about 
love. And I was like, God's love is unconditional, which means there is no condition on it. Doesn't matter sexual preference, doesn't matter where you're born, doesn't matter how much money you make or how much money you don't make, doesn't matter the things you've done, doesn't mean things you will do, doesn't mean, doesn't matter the things you're doing right now, doesn't matter if you're the sheep that leaves or the sheep that stays, doesn't matter, it's not even based on faith or belief or following the rules or any of these things. There is no Condition. If you want to say God's love is unconditional, you better back it up with the way you live and believe that God's love is unconditional. Yeah. Your love may be conditional. Very Your nice. attempt to show God's love may be a, a conditional and lacking. But if you're going to talk about God, mm-hmm. you better, and his unconditional love for people, you better not put conditions on it. Mm. Um, yeah. Sorry, that's a little rant, but like with everything that's going on in the world and we can get into it right now, it's so, it's so us and them, right? It's so, you know, you talk Russia or Ukraine, um, uh, truckers or mask wars, or or, I mean, what kind of U.S. is on all the news stations. So it's Republicans or Democrats. Are you for or against? Um, And then if you're not on the same side, you are not only wrong, you're an idiot. And then you are also less than human. You are, you're falling apart. And, and, um, and I think, like, you know, yeah. when I look back, and I think, I don't know if I've said it, you know, out, out loud in, in the podcast before or anything like that. But, you know, I just know when growing up, I, 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 in, I did believe in the unconditional love of God. Yeah. But it, it was such a, it was a fairly foreign concept to me because, you know, I, I still had, you know, self-esteem um, issues and, and things that I kept, you know, needing to come back and rededicate my life or get resaved or, you know, just to stop myself from backsliding, whatever it might have been. Yeah. But, but when I look back at my life, what I feel the most shame about is the way that how there were certain things that that allowed me to devalue somebody else as being Mm. less than human that didn't somehow contradict that unconditional love of God. So Mm. I could, without having to feel any guilt or any scruples say God's love is for everybody. Everybody is loved by God fully and unconditionally. All people are welcome to the saving grace of Jesus through of God, through Jesus Christ. And Mm. then I could turn around and say some of the most horrendous racist or homophobic things. And as, as if, and it, and it was always about these things, you know, and you, you knew it wasn't, you know, it wasn't you being, uh, you know, evil or, or, or you being wrong because these were choices that they had made as Mm -hmm. if like, you know, where they left the flock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, whether you say it's like, you know, they're born in a place that has a different worldview and a different cultural understanding. They've chosen to stay in that. So now it's okay for me to say slanderous things against them. Yeah. Somebody has a sexual preference that didn't map up with what I believe to be the only preference God had for humanity. They've made that choice. I could say homophobic things. And, and my, to my great shame is like, how, you know, how do you, how do you like make those, those, those loopholes, so kind of clear and accessible 
to the point that you really do not feel any guilt about about having those two completely diametrically opposed views of the unconditional love of God and yet the very you know conditional um, you know care and love of people mm. because of because of something that you know now all of a sudden you know well now the conditions have been met that i can that i'm justified you know speaking ill of you or treat, mistreating you or excluding you and and i just like i don't know I, you know I, I just yeah how yeah. how we get there and how we move past that i guess you know you have to i had to see that you know you know and then the that kind of the shame i say and you know the horror of actually realizing you know when i met people whether it was you know someone who was gay and realized you know, how horrifically they'd been treated by the church, not necessarily by me or by my church, but just by the church. Mm. And just realized that that that's what I was participating in. And, mm. and, and not recognizing, like, how can you hear a message of love? If all that you're hearing is that people hate you think that you're disgusting, think that you're less than human. And it's like, Oh, I need to do better. Yeah. 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 It, I'm going to be careful in saying this because I do not have uh, experience in it. Um, and this could be triggering to some people. But the way you just described it makes me sound, uh, makes it sound like a abusive spouse. Like they will hurt you and they will do all these terrible things to you. But then they tell you they love you. And they hold you and you believe it for a second, but none of their things back up. So if you were coming to the church and you've been hurt by the church, their actions of they love you, even though they may say it, do not back up what they've, what they've, what they've said. Um, maybe at times they've shown love or whatever, but the overall, um, is is like that um and i think that's interesting too right like when you think of this parable it's it's the shepherd that looks after that goes for the missing sheep it's not the sheep that go after it and yeah. i think you know like there, there's something about the challenge for us about you know the one whom the shepherd loves and welcomes it's not our it's not our charge to to then kind of you know discriminate or push them out if it's if they're good enough for the shepherd then they damn well better be good enough for us right like well when yeah saying that i would say hmm. if the shepherd goes after that one sheep are the sheep not following the shepherd like if the sheep are following the shepherd they're going to that one sheep as well hmm. right so if yeah if, if we're going to use this analogy uh, to speak to the church today if god's going to the one that he has um that he you know is a sheep part of humanity part of the image of god and he's going to them mm. are we too busy in our own little huddles eating grass to notice that he's even gone mm. and go follow her mm. like what but where is God going? And are we following with him? Or are we too much in our own little group, our own flock? Because it's, it's protection. It's, it's safety. 
but actually it's false because the shepherd's the one that protects you and, and he's gone. He's not even around. Is this like a God is dead moment that I'm supposed to like, what? God's not dead. Surely he's alive. <laughs> roaring on the inside. Which, let's not get into the God are dead videos. Let's, or any of those. I just did a, I just did a sermon um, a while ago and I was talking about, I think the movie's like Facing Giants. And the guy is, like the whole movie, he he's fighting with his wife. His wife can't get pregnant. There's a terrible smell in the house they can't find. His car is breaking down. The team's not winning. All these stuff are going wrong. He rededicates his life to God or whatever. And then all of a sudden, his wife's pregnant. They find the dead animal in their house. Some guy donates a truck to him. The team starts winning. All these things. And it's like, if you follow God, everything's going to go right in your life. And I'm like, that is not in the Bible. <laughs> there is no scriptural basis for that whatsoever. Um, I would love to say, Paul, you're following God, that shipwreck, that, you know, all those terrible things that have happened to you. I was like, I think Paul would disagree with this. Yeah. I think Jesus. the churches in Revelation who are facing persecution uh, would have an issue with this. Um, yeah. Jesus. Jesus. All the all the uh, disciples that were like killed and burned and stuff. I think they would have an issue with this. All the um, women who were never trusted and believed, but yeah, apparently good enough for Jesus to appear to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unbelievable. But that's kind of a, a, a side note. But it's kind of a side note. But it still goes with this whole thing that we are. Um, there's this idea that everything's going to be safe, that everything's going to be com uh, comfortable in our Christian walk. It, once we join a church and we are following him, then everything's going to go right. And when it doesn't, we huddle closer. We start, you know, circling the wagons or whatever. Like we, we huddle closer instead of, pulling our head up and looking around and going like, well, am I where I'm supposed to be? Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe I'm not, or, yeah. you know, sometimes, sometimes rain happens and stuff. Um, God never said it was going to be easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Sometimes it's hardy, hard <laughs> and hurty hurt. Derek's working on his own children's book for I, um, understanding pain in the world. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, C.S. Lewis pain to arouse the deaf world, or pain is God's megaphone to arouse the deaf world, but for children, it's gonna be a pop up book. And when you open it, the things just gonna come out and punch, punch in the face. <laughs> Not everything's gonna go right. Yeah. Um, but but I, yeah, I, think, I, I get. I think that's the other thing too, as you were saying, right? Is like. It's like there's also this other, there's this other, you know, problematic belief in the church, which is that if we just kind of hold on long enough, then we're going to get proved right. Yeah. And and yes, obviously there, there there's some good eschatology that runs in the face of saying that you know Jesus is coming back, and at the revelation of Christ's second coming you know, there will be a, a new understanding of kind of 
how the world was is meant to be oriented with us no. towards God, us towards each other, us towards creation. So that yes, I, I I hear that, but at the same time too, that's not that's not a, a an invitation to then just say what we've got figured out is absolutely right, and we just need to wait for it to be proven right. It, mm. It's a matter to let things you know be tried, to be tested, to let us be sifted and refined, like that was a lot of different mixed metaphors but they're all yeah. in the bible so <laughs> but it's it's that it's that idea that actually you know like when you believe something yeah you know grab god's hand and be like is this more of you or is this and more of your kingdom or is this something else yeah and and if if it is then we need to go deeper and if it's not then we need to get rid of it but yeah. to just sit on it and, and hope that in the end it's all proven right yeah. you know we're missing out on opportunities that that like you know yeah as, as you spoke about kind of last week too it's like there's things that that for our own lives might not matter but for somebody else it's literally life or death yeah and 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 that seems to actually be something God cares about when it comes to the good news and the love of God and Jesus Christ, our Lord. And mm. and that needs to start mattering more and more to us. Mm. And in the end, you know, I've started saying, you know, to people, eternity is a very long time for God to sort me out for all the things that I've not done, that I've not believed right or I've not understood correctly or yeah. I've missed out on. But I'm like, until we get there, I'm just going to keep trying my best and trust yeah. in the grace of God for the other things. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. And, you know, one of the good things about being in the flock or whatever is, or like say in the church is when you're going through those hard times, there's supposed to be people that are, come around and support you and walk with you through that. Right. Mm. Um, and so like Beatitudes, bless are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Doesn't say God's doing the comforting. Maybe it's us. Maybe it's the people around that are supposed to comfort. Right. Um, this seems to be in line with, uh, the rest of the Beatitudes. So what if those sheep that have gone, like one of the reasons the shepherd's going over to them is to bring them back or whatever. But if they're going through hard times, we should also be going over to comfort them and support them. Right. Mm -hmm. um, like that was so last year you had brought up some really good points um, about if the sheep were already, um, you know, part of the flock, like they, they didn't change or whatever, then what does that mean for evangelism? Is it not going over and trying to convince them to be a different animal or is it actually bringing them it back into the flock, seeing them already as sheep mm. and being like, hey, I, I noticed you wandered off. <laughs> uh, may, maybe we need to come over to where you are. Maybe you found better grass and we're all eating rocks and where, what are you doing over here? Check that out. Um, and uh, the other thing you really brought up that I absolutely loved was um, the idea that can we as a flock be whole knowing that someone is missing? 
um, that one of our flock is gone. And we had actually discussed the idea of uh, being in like a church service and noticing that someone wasn't at church and that they've been going through a hard time being like, you know what? Uh, I've noticed this person is not here. You guys do the service without me. I'm going to go find out how that person's doing and prioritizing the one over the 99 and making sure that they're okay. Um, which I thought was quite interesting, especially with the idea of deconstruction going on now, um, that, uh, people are, are leaving the flock. Um, like I said, maybe they found better grass. Maybe they haven't, but the prioritizing of being like, Hey, like, I know you're, you're going rogue right now or, or you, you need some time to kind of deconstruct this whole idea. Um, but you're still a sheep, like you're still part of this group. And so when you need us, we'll be there. Um, whatever you're doing, like, just because, you know, maybe not going to church, maybe you're figuring some stuff out right now. That doesn't mean you're not a sheep. Um, and I just want to support you in whatever you're doing and know that you're, you're okay here. And, and if you need us, we'll, we'll wander over. And if you need space, you can have space, whatever you need, whatever you want. Yeah. I'm going to be okay. There's a, I was reminded this morning in, in the reading for morning prayer this morning was um, uh, the first part of Jacob coming back to meet Esau after he'd been away, mm. uh, you know, and, uh, and I was just reminded about like Esau is an amazing character. Mm -hmm. like, we spend so much time on Joe, uh, on, on Jacob becoming Israel and then the tribes through him, but you're just like, like Esau literally had every right to, to tear his brother apart and obviously that was something jacob thought was a realistic thing because he, he splits his his family and his his company into two companies and said in some different ways that at least if one dies then his lineage can continue in another one like yeah and he and he sends like all these gifts ahead of him just trying to so at the very least esau won't be as angry by the time he meets them yeah and Esau embraces him as the lost brother, like, and, yeah. and there, and there, there is a, a reconciliation and there's a forgiveness and there, and there's a grace offered from Esau. And mm -hmm. it's just like, and, and I think sometimes too, we, we, when we miss out, when we're so focused on that kind of specific line of things, sometimes, as you say, like we miss out on those, like, you know, what's happening on the fringes where there's like these profound moments of learning and grace that are mm. actually, you know, the things that actually, you know, so the, your thing about the Sunday mornings, you know, the, yes, you know, there's, there's an intention behind our gatherings on a Sunday, particularly Sundays, maybe they happen other times a week as well, but like, where they have, there's an intention behind them, they have a meaning and they have a purpose. And we, and we set aside that time to be with God with one another in worship, prayer, praise, you know, and being nourished through scripture and sacraments. But there's something maybe on the fringes, as you say, there's other things that need to be going on that actually are the things that are going to continue to feed life back into it, you know, whether it is reminding somebody that, you know, it's like, yeah, you're not here. That's okay. God is with you. And I'm here. I'm here for you. I might not understand. I might not have made the same choice, but, yeah. but, you know, our, 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 you know, being a family together, it means that, that 
at the end of the day, we will be the ones who embrace each other with the full love, compassion, grace, and mercy that God has embraced us with. Yeah. The unconditional, right? (laughs) The the condition is not you are part of the flock. (laughs) The condition is not you're part of the flock or on the same trajectory or path I am. It's you are a sheep. Um, well, I think that's a good place to end. I'm sure we're at our 20 minutes there. Yeah, it's just, it just just buzzed off. Really? Oh, that's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're getting, well, we're getting, we're getting good at this, Derek. We are. Um, my internal clock is just bang on. I think it's got something to do with the moon. But um, <laughs> uh, blessings to you all. I hope you have uh, a great day, or you had a great day, or are going to have a great day. Um, I hope that you... Um, experience some sort of acceptance or love that is beyond your understanding and that you are provided with an opportunity to also show that love and understanding that, or loving um, acceptance that is beyond your understanding as well. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. May God bring peace to our world. That's so desperate. Yeah. It's end times. (laughs) And that's what we're going to end with. (laughs) Bye.